0: Hey friends, welcome to Her Scars Tell a Story. I'm your host, Ann Calvillo, and today I have a very near and dear special guest joining me this morning. She is my niece, my husband's goddaughter, Lisette, and she's joining us all the way from Texas. I want you all just to give a warm welcome to her as she shares her stories and she shares her scars. Um, Again, I always mention that the women who share their stories, they are courageous. And it's only by the grace of God that they are able to share their redeeming stories through Christ. So, Lisette, welcome, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Thank you, Anne. I'm excited to be here with you. And I wish I could be there in person. I've missed you guys (laughs) so much. (laughs) My name is Lisette. I was born in Chicago. My mom moved us out here in Texas when I was around 13, I think. And ever since then I've been out here. I am the oldest out of eight children, so basically babysitter <laughs> for my mom. <laughs> nice. I guess when I was younger, my mom was a single mom for most of my childhood life. So and at the time it used to be only four of us. So I basically took on the mom duties because she was always working. It was fun and hard just to goof around with my siblings when my mom wasn't around. And then years go by and we had four more to the mix. And my stepdad is amazing. He's very kind. He's always been strict, but led me on a good path. And I'm thankful for him. and all that he has done in my life and for my siblings and most importantly for my mom.
0: That's awesome, Lisa. Yeah, I remember when I got to know you and I got to see how responsible you were. You were just a, a young girl helping out your mom and just always such a good nurturer, even at a young age, the way you took care of your siblings. It was always so beautiful to see that the relationship that you had with them and again, just that um, responsible side of you. Uh, So tell us, what does life look like now
1: for you? Well, now I am a mom of (laughs) soon to be four. I am currently five months pregnant with our fourth child. My husband and me um, have been married for six, coming on six years, I want to say. Yeah, six years. (laughs) And he's just everything to me a big blessing in my life and I am thankful that I met him <laughs> mm,
0: yeah and he's a good man I've gotten to meet him and I wish we can connect with you guys more. You know, our, the distance kind of comes between us, but the good thing is we're able to talk to each other and your family is a beautiful blessing. And you are just a good woman, a good wife and mom. Omar and I are so proud of you and we just love the way you're growing in the, your relationship with the Lord. And it's just so beautiful to see, Lisa, your your growth and where God has brought you from and so going into that starting off there where God has brought you from can you tell us a little bit about your story
1: yeah well first off I want to say I I admire you two so much I mean honestly like I've never like my my mom never really brought us up in any kind of religion so seeing you and Omar always inviting me when I was younger to church and just trying to like teach me about him and that was really inspiring but I I never really like stuck with me until I guess I grew older Mm. and now I just cherish those like memories and appreciate it so much you know Mm. and From my story, you know, I always believed in God, but I've never truly, like, put my heart, gave him my heart and, like, trusted him and found the peace and comfort that I do have in him now. Mm -hmm. And it's sad, but it took, like, a tragedy, per se, to happen to change us, change me. And that, it didn't only just change me, but it changed, like, my whole family, literally. And it's, like, it was obviously, like, a blessing in disguise for everyone, how they always say. And it's true because I wouldn't be where I am today without him.
0: Mm. Yeah, Lisa, and thank you for mentioning how Omar and I have met. A lot to you on your journey with the Lord. I remember Omar buying you. I believe it was a promise ring. Yeah, um, yeah. right. A purity ring. Yeah, yeah. And purity I remember ring.
1: I didn't know what it meant. I'm sure you yeah. <laughs> told me, but I was uh-huh. so young, and I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But
0: you know, he did that in faith. He said, I remember. He said, you know what? She is my goddaughter and she doesn't have her dad in her life, but I'm going to step up, and I'm going to do this for him and for her because I love her, and I believe God has a plan for her. And I remember that, that whole little thing he did for you where he gave you the ring and a book, and I'm not sure if it was a Bible or if it was a book, but I know it really meant a lot for him to be able to do that for you, Lisa, and he's always been very fond of you, and he cares deeply for you. I do thank God that he allowed us to plant that seed in your young heart. You know, sometimes we don't always see the fruit right away. You know, sometimes down the line, years pass by and we don't see the fruit until one day we get that call. And that's kind of like what happened.
1: Can you share a little bit about that? I remember I had called you, I'm pretty sure it was late at night just because I was alone. I was away from my kids. I had to be away from them. I didn't know what else to do. I'm pretty sure I was crying and just trying to tell you guys what happened, but I was still like ashamed of what I did and stuff. And so I remember you guys just praying for me and speaking to me and giving me words of life and encouragement and just letting me know that things are going to work out. And I was so thankful for that, just to have that talk with you guys in that prayer. And I know that just led me to be more dedicated to showing God, like I have nothing left in my life. I can't do this alone. And I need you, Lord. And I think that night turned me around because from then I I was in my Bible every day, <laughs> mm. every day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it took this tragedy that you mentioned coming to a place of surrendering uh, is what I'm hearing from you. It's like just a place of surrendering to God and then reading your Bible. And seeking God, because I believe that's why you reached out, because you were seeking God. Yeah. At that time, who was with you when you made the call?
1: Nobody was with me. I believe I was just in my car alone because I had to be away from the kids. My story has to do with me And my husband's family. Mm -hmm. So it would be my niece and my sister-in-law. And basically what happened during this time period, it was back in 2018. And my sister had her baby. My sister's son was one. And then my sister-in-law's baby was three months, I want to say. And I was babysitting them, too, on top of my own two children that I had. And mine were three and two. Mm-hmm. So I had literally four kids under five for a good long period of time babysitting. And I never said no to babysitting anybody because that's just how I was raised and mm-hmm. I always took care of kids and was used to it and thought I could handle it you know Mm -hmm. and so one day I was very stressed with the kids and they were all running around all the little ones that were able to walk were running around and then my niece I had to basically carry her and watch her the whole thing and I was burping her and Uh, There's different techniques you can birth a child. I'm pretty sure you know. (laughs) And so the method I was doing, it was having her sit on my lap and then holding her back and her chest and then just rocking her back and forth like that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And in a quick second, you don't realize how much stress you can be in watching four kids until like it hits you. Mm -hmm. So the other three are running around. I'm trying to burp, and she was like, she took a while to to burp. It was like fifteen minutes now, and I'm like, really, <laughs> and in a split second, like with all the yelling and everything, and her not burping, I just kind of like rocked her back and forth a little too much, you know. Mm-hmm. And I had taken breaks in between during that fifteen minutes to give her like maybe like time to get the burp out, and then tried a different position, but then went back to that one. And then, like I said, in that split second, I rocked her too fast. So at that time when she was throwing up, I immediately called my sister-in-law and asked her what she wanted me to do. And I just took her to her work because her work wasn't that far from me. And she worked, thankfully, like in a doctor's office, So they checked out my niece and she was all right. And they said nothing was wrong with her. And then later on down the line is when they found out that her brain was swelling and they're trying to like pinpoint the cause of it. And CPS was involved and that, that was a whole thing. And they were interviewing all of us and then detectives were involved in everything as well and kind of all over the place it's like a memory I don't like to remember and then one I know that is worth remembering because it's changed me you know mm, yeah so at that time when I rushed I had all four of the kids in the car I went to my sister-in-law's work and I told her how I was burping her and When the doctor said that she was fine, nothing happened, like she looks okay and everything, I felt relieved. But in the back of my mind, I never uh, could get that out of my head. Growing up, to like a little back story, like me and my sister were put in daycare and my sister didn't have the best experience with the people watching us. And they would take her into the bathroom and pinch her and yell at her and they would never do anything to me but to her so that's why I would always offer to watch anybody like my nieces my nephew my cousins or anybody and I I think that's why I never had the ability to say no or knew how to say no to anybody right Mm -hmm. and that's something I learned how to do over this process so after I had signed the confession with the detective and stuff, the CPS came can told us told me and my husband I can't be around my own kids anymore. And that broke my heart. Yeah. I couldn't be around not just my kids, but anybody's kids. And back then my sorry, my youngest brother was only like five, I believe. So anybody under, like, the age of 13, I think it was, I couldn't be around. Mm -hmm. So that led me to not be able to be home with my own family, not my mom, not my sister, because she lived out by herself, too, with my nephew, and basically I had nowhere to go. And thankfully, so this is all happening to my husband's life. To my sister-in-law and she's heartbroken and she got that call from the detective and she's trying to call me i didn't answer anybody's call because i was just so scared i didn't know what to do i didn't want to go home because i didn't want to face anybody and it was just a hard time after leaving the police station and you know it's knowing that you did something but on accident, and you didn't mean to, because you know you would never do something like that. Yeah. But just think, you can handle something. Yeah. But in, in reality, sometimes you just can't all the time. You know.
0: Yes, they said yes, and I think you mentioned something so importantly said that you learned how to say no, and I think a lot of us as moms, um, as caretakers, right. Um it's hard for us to say no even you know even when it's more than we can handle and it's like you know we want to help others we want to be able to step in and do what we can on our end as as much as we can right but then we find yeah. ourselves in situations at times like well, I don't think I can handle all this as I'm listening to you I hear you say that that's something you learned throughout this
1: process And, you know, like, daycare is expensive, and that's, like, another reason why I said yes to when they asked, both my sister and my sister-in-law asked me to watch their children Is because I know how expensive it can be. I know that some daycares are not the best, and Mm -hmm. it's just easier to keep it in the family, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I've always seen my aunt watch everybody's kids, so I'm like, I can do it too, but sometimes not everybody's capable of living up to all that you know and right right during that during during this situation and can my i ask lisa i'm sorry how old were you yeah, when this I, happened i want to say okay 22 or
0: t- 23 yeah so you were a very young mom trying to yeah. handle um your children along
1: with the children Almost you were watching. born and mm-hmm. oh so, yeah all happened in November the beginning of November of 2018 mm-hmm. and uh, that's holiday season you know when families should be together and that's like another hard part because my sister-in-law was already going through the surgeries but they didn't know the reason why until until November she was having the surgeries started in October, and we didn't, like, know why. And then uh, November came, and that's when the detective had talked to me and said everything. And that was just really hard on everyone, not only, like, his side, but my side because everybody didn't know what to do, how to handle it. And thankfully, I have a a very amazing, loving mother-in-law who let me stay with them once CPS told me um I couldn't be around children you know me and my mother-in-law always had a very very good and open truthful and honest relationship and she never saw anything bad in me she still doesn't you know and Mm. that's something I admire in her she always has like benefit of the doubt, like if mm-hmm. this happened, it was for a reason, and so thankfully, it was only her and one of my other sister in laws living in her apartment at the time. I was staying with them when I couldn't be with my own kids and my own husband, mm-hmm. or with my mom, you know. And I was just so thankful, and I couldn't believe like this is your daughter that's going through it because of something I did. Like, how are you okay with me? How are you allowing me to stay with you? You know, I don't think I would have been able to be as strong as she was, mm. but that just also like shows me like an example of how I want to be like with my daughter-in-laws one day. Mm. And yeah, so I'm staying with her. And during this whole month, month and a half, I believe, that I couldn't be home and I had to have no contact with my sister-in-law and my niece. One thing I have to say is it was really hard on my husband and that's what kind of broke my heart then because in my eyes, I'm like, I have the best husband and this is what like led me even more to the Lord is that I've never had any kind of like relationship with God or knew who his character was or what he meant in like a believer's eyes and looking at my husband his unconditional love for me is amazing and like unreal to me Mm -hmm. just because that's how our God is you know like he loves us no matter what he loves us no matter What mistakes we made. He loves us no matter how hard it can be on him, you know. And my husband never left my side during that. And it was his own sister and his niece that everything was happening. Mm -hmm. He could have left me. He could have been like, I don't want to be with somebody who did that to my, my family, you know. I don't want you around my children. But he was out there always fighting for me, always defending me. Always, he always supported me. He always wanted me to just stay strong because he needed to stay strong too.
0: And and that's just it like was a hard time. That's just like the character of God. Like you said, he's our defender, and he goes yeah. through great lengths to show us how gracious he is and how much he loves us, even when we're. When we feel we don't deserve it, even when we feel like, Lord, I'm not even worthy of it, but he goes exactly. to great lengths to show us that, that unconditional love he has. And
1: I've never known that kind of love. Like he said, Anne, my father passed away before I was born, so I never knew him, and my mom was always a single mom, and like my stepdad didn't come in until later on, but even then I was older, and we have a good relationship but not in one like I would say a true father would be even though I do see him as one now you know yes and just knowing that type of love was out there and I had it all along but I've never like truly seen it
0: Mm.
1: was an eye-opener during that time and it was just so grateful to that I had him during this time, my niece is getting surgery after surgery. I obviously don't have contact, but my husband is still able to talk and find out stuff. It was hard for his sister to like want to talk to him, some, and he knew that, and he still tried to like find out what's happening because he obviously cares and wants to be there for his sister too. And so she is doing better and better every time, and and then she ends up coming out of the clear and it's gone, you know, and it's just like, what, how does that happening be- happen? Because at some point they thought like she wasn't going to, wasn't going to make it. And once I heard that, anytime he got an essay, I was like scared to ask or even find out because I didn't want to hear what happened. I didn't want to know what was going on because I was so ashamed of it I was sh- ashamed of what I did what could have happened all in a quick second in an, in an accident and I just wanted to be able to tell my sister-in-law and her husband that you know yeah. Yeah. and me and my sister-in-law didn't we weren't always super close but we never were close either after this it was just really hard to even talk to each other. It put distance between not only my husband and her, but it put distance between the whole family, like my kids and their aunt, you know? Yeah. And she loves my children. And it was just a difficult time. After all the, the police stuff and the CPS stuff, I think the first week, is when I called you guys and just asked you, what is this? Like, what can I do? How can, how can I know the Lord and, or like put my trust in him to get me through this because I was alone. I had my mother-in-law and stuff, but obviously that was not the same as being with my mom. And I felt ashamed to, even see my mom where she would meet me for lunch or something because I couldn't be around my siblings like I said and I could just feel the not disappointment but I felt like I disappointed my mom and like the hurt it's causing her to see me go through that yeah at the time my mom was in the process of moving back to Chicago and I was really gonna be alone like I didn't have anybody in my my support side. And I didn't see it as like, I have everything I need right in front of me, which was my husband and all that he was doing. I was just consumed by feeling alone and in like such a dark place that I couldn't even be around my children without supervision. I couldn't be around my siblings. I can't be around anybody, you know, and it was hard think after that call with you guys it just kind of sparked me up into knowing like you have no other way what are you going to do now just give the Lord a chance like yeah. me telling myself "Then there's no other way or there's nothing else you can do and you were going to lose it all except like come on wake up already and mm-hmm. and that night i just felt so much better after you guys prayed when you i think i called you because i didn't have omar's number and after you prayed and talked to me i just felt so much better and nobody else in my family was a big religion and stuff and so i didn't really have that outlet here and that's why i always tried to ask you guys questions and talk to you as much as i could and I was thankful for it, that you guys would answer me and were always available when I needed, if I needed you. After that, I obviously had to get a lawyer and all all that stuff. And I had to do classes for CPS. I had to do parenting classes. I had to do anger management. And then it was like an evaluation with cps again to see if i could go back with the kids and during those parenting classes is when i learned to know it's okay to say no yeah and that class in itself was like a blessing because Mm. i would never say no and now i say no if if i don't want it (laughs) if i don't want to do something or yeah. feel okay with watching the kid i and then no hesitation to say no sorry mm-hmm. yeah. and even in the anger management classes i i learned some stuff like different ways to handle situations like not only with kids but like with my husband or just in everyday life you know and then cps did their evaluation i think mm-hmm. uh Two weeks before Christmas, and I got cleared, and I was able to go back to my kids. Mm, and that—that that time was the best news me and my husband both could have gotten. Like, mm. we were like, what? really, like <laughs> you're not playing with us. And yeah. it, I think because during that whole time when I was away, and I had nothing else to do. I was in my Bible daily. I told my husband I read the Bible front to back, Mm -hmm. not all of it during that month and a half, Mm -hmm. but I continued. Like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I obviously don't really like remember Mm -hmm. or didn't know what everything meant then, Mm -hmm. and didn't understand it. But I that's my way of showing the Lord, like I was dedicated to knowing him I Mm. went to church every Sunday Mm. by myself yeah I was reading his word just seeing how powerful his words can make me feel better in those times of darkness I was just shocked on how true they were too I've never read the bible and for the first time reading it like I felt different I saw things different and I'd even like brought my husband at church and being with me at times, you know, like when I needed prayer and I depended on prayer so much as I still do and
0: mm-hmm.
1: at night, like when I would go to bed and I didn't have him or the kids next to me, I would spiral per se and and then once I knew those dark thoughts were coming in mm-hmm. saying you did this and telling me my niece isn't going to make it or how dare you. Like, you're never going to get your family back. And all those words of doubt, I would just counter it with prayer and just say the truth that God says about us, you know, Mm -hmm. saying, I am loved. I can change you and telling me like, you're here for a reason. You're not in jail for a reason. You're here out because you have things to be doing to get back to your family you have two kids already because you're supposed to be a mom you have a husband who is fighting for you you're here to be a sister you're here to be an example for others and I just stuck to those all the way until I got that call that I could go back to my kids and Right before Christmas, I just thought that was a miracle. Like it was a short time away from my kids, mm-hmm. but it was the hardest time. Hmm. The hardest.
0: Yeah, Lisa. As I'm listening to you, I I know I've heard bits and parts of your story, but just hearing everything that you're saying, Lisa, I I can't help but to see God in and through your story, in and through your time alone. In and through those desperate times when you were crying out to him and trusting him and having to take those thoughts uh, that were trying to discourage you and turn them around and speak the truth of God's word because God's word is alive and it's active, right? And it speaks to us, especially when those lies, those doubts come in. His word reminds us, they remind us of who God is, they remind us that he's with us, yes. that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And so even in that time, said, as I'm hearing you, I could see that he was there. He's always been there for you. I truly thank God, said that he brought you through this, that your baby niece um, came through and and that she was healed and that she made it. You know, and, and I know God has a plan and a purpose for her and just your entire family. Lisa, I've known you since you were a little girl and you've always been just a funny, sweet, gentle, loving little girl. And that's the woman that you are, said, You are a nurturer. Just something about you. And when I see you with your babies, you're such a loving mother. And like you said. What happened in an instant brought about shame. It brought about guilt and condemnation. I believe that that's where God meets us. He meets us yeah. in that darkest hour of our life where it's just like, I can't, Lord, but I know you can. I can't, mm-hmm. you know, but you can. And so tell us, tell us more about what happened in your relationship with the
1: Lord well it not only like brought me to him but it just showed me the power of forgiveness and love and family and dependence on him because it didn't just bring me it brought my husband it brought my sister-in-law closer to him it was just all like I don't want to say something that needed to happen but it's something that happened for the better to have us all closer to him because fast forward a year, 2021, Mm -hmm. I still couldn't talk to my sister-in-law, but everything got put aside. And my sister-in-law was open to talking to me in 2021, you know, like during the pandemic. And that was just shocking in itself because Mm -hmm. I literally thought I would never see her again. I, thought I would never be able to see my niece again. I thought just so much, you know. And for her to want to, she said she didn't want to hear my story. Like what happened, she just believed that God told her to go talk to me, forgive me, and just move on and heal that's what she told me when we had oh. our talk and oh, Lord. I just couldn't help but like yeah. help but cry and just mm-hmm. like we hugged and that right like that in itself us us two hugging mm-hmm. was the most powerful feeling moment in my life I want to say mm-hmm. just because you could feel God's presence in that moment just like his forgiveness yeah. her ability to come up to me and hug me and just say I forgive you mm. it'll take time to continue to heal you know the, our process our relationship yeah. but I forgive you and I was just totally blown away and it brought my husband closer it brought my, I'm telling you, everybody around us got closer to God because of what had happened. Because we all prayed every night for our, my niece. We prayed for me at, to get back to my children. We prayed for the court stuff to get situated. We prayed for everything you could possibly think of. And most importantly, you know, like we just prayed His healing power over my niece, and sure enough, that's what happened. Like, she went from almost not making it to 100% (laughs) recovered. She is the smartest little thing you could ever see. She is the risk taker, and just seeing how smart she is is mind blowing every time. And just to know how far she has come from being three months old. To now, almost four years old or almost five years old is crazy. Oh. It is crazy to see. I didn't know this, you could probably like backtrack this, but um, during that time, too, like in 2019, April, I found out I was pregnant and everything is still pretty fresh. My sister in law is still having to go to doctor's visits and see how her brain is developing and I still have no contact with her but I found out I was pregnant in April and that was scary to me Mm. it was the most terrifying thing in the world because I would have those thoughts of like shame and like why why am I being a mom again like I don't deserve this Mm. I don't I'm not supposed to be around any newborn, you know. Yeah. I don't want to be around any babies. I don't wanna. I don't wanna have to take care of a baby. I'm. I'm. It terrified me. Yeah. And just to find out that I was pregnant, it was shocking. I don't know how to describe it. Mm-hmm. Just scary. And once the months went by, I just felt I. Was still in my Bible I still kept going to church and was praying I was like Lord if you've made me a mom again then like I know I can't be that horrible of a person I can't be that ugly I can't be that evil I know I'm not and you know that if yeah. I am being a mom it's because you have a plan for me mm-hmm. I know that you placed this baby girl inside of me—a girl, especially inside of me—because you know that I am able to love and be careful and be delicate and gentle, yeah. loving to this to this baby. And I know that you are with me in this in this pregnancy. And I just kept telling myself that. When I would feel scared or when I would feel her kick I was, but I was thinking, How am I gonna mess this up? How am I gonna hurt this baby? And mm. those were just lies from the enemy and I yes. know that now and yes. I knew that then and I it was just harder to believe it then, but I kept telling myself, If God wants you to have a baby it's because you're supposed to have it. And it was just crazy during that time because of everything that had happened and once my baby girl was here I immediately as soon as she came out and I they put her on my chest I thanked God I prayed right then and there out loud and I just was so thankful so thankful and I think that's why I have such a strong and close bond with My daughter, right now, and why she never leaves my side and never wants to leave me alone. (laughs) And I'm just so thankful for her.
0: Yeah, I just, as I'm listening to you, she's a reminder of God's redeeming love.
1: Yeah, she definitely is. She shows me all the good parts of myself, all of my children do. And I'm just so thankful. Yes. And During that time, it was just, like, capable to even think about. But I know she was brought in for a reason, and it was to bring us together because the day my sister-in-law wanted to meet with me and agreed to meet with me was the first time she saw my daughter Mm -hmm. since she was born. And that was, like, another reason. My sister-in-law said we wasted all this time when I could have met my niece, I've missed my niece and nephew, you know? I've missed my family, and that itself was something that was taken away that didn't need to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And one thing you mentioned was that through this, you learned the power of forgiveness. I think that that's one thing that really stood out to me as you not just you know your mother-in-law taking you in even though this is happening to her daughter and her granddaughter but just giving you that benefit of the doubt and loving you and caring and taking you in under her roof and then this moment that you have with your sister-in-law where you embrace each other and you saw God's forgiveness for us. he said that you were able to witness and experience the power of God's forgiveness through these women. And I'm sure, you know, through your husband, too, and everything that happened there, because situations like these put a strain on our marriages, on our relationships, but he was still set on loving you and caring for you and defending you. And, man, just what a beautiful reflection of, of God's love and, and his redeeming grace. Yeah. Lisette, I ask all my guests before we finish our conversation, what advice, what words of encouragement would you have for a young woman Maybe going through a situation similar to yours who could relate. Maybe it's not the same exact circumstances, but maybe they're in a position where they feel helpless, alone, hopeless. They feel ashamed. They feel that guilt in their heart and they hear the lies. What words would you have
1: for that woman? I would say don't let the dark thoughts take control. Don't ever give up. Just pray. You are in a situation where you can't be with your kids. Don't think you're you're never going to be able to see them because you never know how God can change that around. You never know what His forgiveness can do for a person. You never know how much stronger you and your family can come out on the other side but once you are open to accepting help once you are open to realizing you can't do it anymore that you are not as powerful as you thought you are not in control Mm -hmm. that's when you have to realize God is the only one who can change your situation Mm -hmm. he is the only one that can give you that peace of mind the peace in your heart, the peace for your family that you need need, and that He does miracles. Miracles that can change everything. That can change your whole family and not just you. That you will see things grow stronger. Bonds that grow from zero to a hundred. Bonds that grow from maybe hating each other, to being best friends, Mm. thinking you will never see this person again, to seeing them every weekend, every day, talking to them, seeing someone fight for you unconditionally, because that's what our God does. He fights for us every day unconditionally, and Mm. He loves us so much. He will give you something that you think you don't deserve, Something you feel terrified of having and just not wanting it. Because He knows that He has a plan for you and that no matter what you think in your mind, God will put different thoughts into you and make you turn those thoughts right around.
0: Thank you so much, Lisa, for sharing your heart, for sharing your story, your scars. Thank you for being courageous enough to just open up and speak on what had happened to you and to your family. You are just so precious to me and Omar, and I just want you to know that and we love you and I'm just in awe of what God has done in your life, in your family It's really His grace, and I'm always going back to His grace, His unmerited favor that He has for us, and that He calls us His children, children of God, right? We are loved by Him, and He fathers us, and He cares for us, even in the midst of darkness, even in the midst of dark situations. You know, He's there, and and He brings us to His light, and He brings us to His truth. He brings us to a place where we become dependent on him and his strength, where we become dependent on him and who he is and that his word is our truth. And when those lies come, we combat those lies with the truth of his word, the truth of his promises. I just thank you so much for being on this podcast and for sharing your story for all you listeners. Thank you for taking the time to listen to today's episode. We ask you to tune in to listen to her scars tell a story.